G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Um, statistically, most Christians spend most of their time in the New Covenant, don't read a lot of the Old Covenant. But when they do, they read through it and they think that every single thing that happened all happened in the space of a couple of months. Mm. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Humans tend to have an expectation that God would never give a command to harm another person or to dish out judgment on people because that isn't loving. Yet we expect human judges to hand out harsh judgments on criminals who break the law. How can we expect from human judges what we refuse to expect from God and then declare that God isn't good? I think what it might actually be is that we tend to think that we are good (laughs) and therefore God couldn't possibly um, bring judgment against us, but only other people are bad. And therefore, human judges need to deal with them. We've, we, it's funny how we have, we can be very, very lenient on mm. ourselves when it comes to our spiritual condition <laughs> and not quite so patient when it comes to other people and committing crimes. I think what we have got to always do when it comes to our relationship with God or our condition before God is that we should never measure ourselves against other people. We need to be measuring ourselves against God. And when we mm. do that, we actually realize that we're in a lot yep. of trouble. Woe is me. Woe is <laughs> me. And we talked last time about some troubling trends within uh, some denominations of the church around the world in that they're becoming very uh, soft or compromising when it comes to the word of God, questioning even so much that is in the word of God. When you do that, you can embrace the world. Mm. And and I think the reason is they're embracing the world because they want the world to like them. Um, but if you belong to the Lord, it automatically puts you on an opposite um, an opposite path to the mm. world. So we've got to be really careful. And we also, you actually read from Hosea chapter 3, verse 5, and it was that passage about um, God's people that after a time of judgment that they would turn and return to the Lord and they would return to his goodness. Mm. And and we, we mentioned that God often uses um, judgment or discipline as a, a consequence for what they've done, but it also acts as an inspiration to bring people back. So it's yeah. actually an act of mercy. It is. And I guess the mercy side of it also, we see many times through the Bible the fact that God doesn't swiftly act. He gives people plenty of time to, you know, respond to him and to repent of the things that they've done wrong because he is compassionate. He is very compassionate. Robbo, I think sometimes we read through, for those who do read the Old Covenant, um, statistically, most Christians spend most of their time in the New Covenant, don't read a lot of the Old Covenant. But when they do, they read through it and they think that every single thing that happened all happened in the space of a couple of months. Mm. But no, we're talking about century after century after century going past between when God issues a warning before the, the judgment often came. Yeah, that's right. You know? Well, there's a couple of examples of it from the Bible, and one from the Old and one from the New Testament. In Second Peter 3, 
Uh, there's a well-known verse there that says, uh, verse 9, The Lord isn't slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Mm. And then, of course, uh, from the Old Covenant in Ezekiel 18, verse 23, God is speaking and said, Do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, rather than that he should turn from his ways and live. See, God doesn't actually want to judge. And when you realize the plan of redemption started before the creation took place, you realize that God actually knew he was going to have to save every before he even created Mm. anybody. It's amazing. But it's interesting you talk about how um, there was always a gap, a time period between when God issued a warning and then the judgment came. Let's go right back to the beginning, to Eden. God told them, don't eat that fruit. You can eat everything Mm. else. That particular piece of fruit, don't touch it. Because when you do, in the day that you eat it, you're going to die. So they both eat it. I mean, we're talking about a piece of fruit. (laughs) They ate it. And did they die in that day? No. God extended mercy. Was there a consequence? Yep. Out of the garden. You had to work hard for your food. They started to build their family. He led them out and he was with them. But it was hundreds of years before they eventually Mm, died. That's right. Well, of course, Noah's another example. Yep. God said to Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth, wipe out mankind. God was sorry that he had made man. But then he gave man 120 years space between that a decree and when the flood came. So in that whole time, Noah preached and you know, encouraged and you know, asked the people to repent. Yeah, the Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. That's right, yeah. Yep. And of course, uh, yeah, there's lots of other examples. Jonah's Excellent. another one uh, where uh, God sent Jonah to Nineveh because he wanted them to turn away. He didn't want to destroy the, the, the town. He wanted Jonah to go there so that they would repent. And even Jonah said, I knew you were going to <laughs> yeah, forgive him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I knew you were yeah. merciful. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Then there's the story of um, Abraham. And uh, God said to him, because he was close to the end of his age and, uh, and before he was going to die, and God said to Abraham, he says, you know, your kids, your family, your descendants, they're actually going to go into Egypt. And while they're in Egypt, they're going to be there for 400 years as slaves. But then I'm going to bring them out and they'll get their inheritance land, but not until the sin of the Amalekites, a.k.a. the Canaanites, the people of the land, not until their sin is full. Okay, that's in Genesis 15, 15 to 16. What God was saying is, is I'm not bringing judgment on those people until they are beyond redemption. Mm. And who knows what God was doing trying to reach those people in between, in that 400-plus yeah. year, years. I mean, you look at the situation of the Israel and the northern kingdom and Judah, the southern kingdom, and how God sent prophet after prophet after prophet to them, warning them, repent, 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 repent. Or judgment's coming. The Assyrians are coming. The Babylonians are coming. If you would just repent, and I'll turn it back. Mm. Hundreds of years. I mean, Judah outlasted Israel in the north by about around about 150 years because they had a few decent kings. Yeah. But God was always expending or extending mercy towards his mm. people. He wasn't just a judgmental, bloodthirsty tyrant. Yes, he did tell sometimes to wipe out entire peoples like a city or um, a particular tribal people. Yes, he did. But it wasn't a, a blanket every time you come across somebody, wipe them out. It wasn't mm. just a blanket 
statement to go and kill everybody, there were certain people groups. And if you do a little study and research and history, you find out that those people were reprehensible Mm. in their practices and what they were doing. So God wasn't issuing judgment for no reason. He was issuing judgment for a very good reason. So I guess that brings us back to the initial question, though. Is God good? Well, here's the thing. It's kind of like a general in the army. You've got a general and he's got access to intel. He's got reports. He's got others in the army who are presenting him with reports and information. The general then issues the command to the soldiers on the ground. Now, the soldier on the ground, his job is to obey the general, not to question it. He doesn't have Mm. to have all of the information, maybe a little bit, but doesn't have to have it all. He just has to obey. That's the point. Our God is not like a human general who can get bad intel or get given wrong information by some of his other, uh, you know, underlings. Mm. God has all the intel. He has all the information that you and I don't have about other people or certain situations and circumstances, which means if he's got all the knowledge, information, all the wisdom, he's got everything at his fingertips. He has every right to make the judgment call. And because he's pure and because he's perfect, it means his his commands are also pure and perfect and mm. right and just always. And And let's not forget that there's We mentioned it before that God uses judgment oftentimes to bring people to repentance. Romans 2.4 actually says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm. And usually that kindness often comes in the form of discipline so that we realize we're in trouble. I mean, that was the point of the law, getting law, so we know how reprehensibly wicked we are. Mm. Well, of course, the Bible says that if we love our kids, we'll discipline them. And God's in the same boat. He loves us. So he does use discipline, but it's always for our benefit and for our good. But, you know, the prophet Isaiah gives us both a caution and an education about God for us. And we know this verse. I want to finish with this. And it's Isaiah 55, 6 to 9. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he'll have compassion on him and to our God for he'll abundantly pardon. And then it's like switches and it's God who's speaking. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. So the question is, is God good and... He absolutely is. Next time on Foundations, we will be reminded that two is definitely better than one. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.